It's Monday the 20th of June 2022. My name's Alex Elliott and you're listening to The Week in Iceland, the programme that asks what's been happening in Iceland this past week, why it happened and why we should care. It's my pleasure to be joined today by a last-minute stand-in, my trusted colleague and friend from Rufpolski, uh, Margret Adamsdottir. Thank you very much for jumping in. No problem. It's a pleasure. Uh, as always, yes. Um, this week has seen Althingi shut up shop for the summer, with a flurry of bills passed and others kicked into the autumn long grass. Um, a story we'd held back from a little bit, but which is getting increasingly interesting, is the management dissatisfaction at Festi, the company that owns N1, Cronan, Biko and others, um, which has led to a special shareholder meeting being called next month. Baldur broke again. Um, that is the reignited complaints and conversation over the Breda Fjord ferry and its future, and indeed whether or not it's putting lives at risk as things stand today. Covid restrictions to hospitals have returned in Akureyri and Reykjavik amid the spike of new cases, um, but there is no appetite for new restrictions in wider society, the chief epidemiologist noted. As Covid still looms large in the rearview mirror, the economy is under ever more strain, with, for example, fuel prices topping 350 krona per litre last week, the Marine Research Institute calling for a 6% COD quota cut, the central bank cutting the maximum legal mortgage level for, the first time, for first-time buyers, and another interest rate rise, widely predicted. The Food, Agriculture and Ministries Minister is calling... And Fisheries Minister is calling for a concerted anti-inflation campaign for food that involves absolutely everybody. Loi Mar Eitnason, the leader of the Social Democrats, is standing down this autumn and the competition to find his successor is already stirring to life. And we celebrated Independence Day on Friday amid unsettled weather conditions. Reykjavik had its first ever Lady of the Mountains who is not a native Icelandic speaker and 14 people were awarded the Order of the Falcon. And talking of honours to people who were not born and raised here, the Reykvikingar of the Year this year are from Poland and Switzerland, earning the honour thanks to their fridge in central Reykjavik, where people can give and take food that would otherwise go to waste. Where would you like to begin? Um, I think the weather. (laughs) (laughs) Because it's such a bad weather today. It is, yeah. And Friday, Independence Day was... Pretty bad weather. So much so that in, in Longanesbeth, in the far northeast of Iceland, yes. they postponed the whole celebration until Sunday. Which is very wise. Why would the people waste their day standing in the rain if they can do it some other day? Yeah. They moved all of the town festivities into the sports arena. Oh, really? Which was fun, seeing bouncy castles and not quite barbecues, but, you know, oh. all that sort of stuff happening indoors. Um but, but yes. in Reykjavik, it mm. actually went as planned. The weather it held did. somehow. Yeah, it was a bit cold by ah. all accounts, but yeah, it was okay. Yeah, so the the capital has escaped this year. Yet again. Um, yes, uh, but the, I mean, there was a, uh, a yellow weather alert as well for late Friday and all most of Saturday for the south um, due to high winds. So it has been unsettled. And in fact, there was the Vendée Arctique yacht race um, right. from France and around Iceland and back to France. And they were forced to come ashore in East Iceland. That's actually really sad, I thought, yeah. you know. There was two people injured. Yes. Um, several boats damaged. And this is these around the world, yachtsmen in boats that are designed for all sorts of conditions. So the weather out at sea was a little 
yeah, tough. it was over the top apparently. Mm. If the boats were damaged and and they had to, do you know? Did could they continue the race or it was just cancelled? My understanding is that they had turned back as soon as the conditions were safe and headed straight back to France. So they continued the race? No. No, it had no. to be just completely cancelled. That's my understanding of it, because they were supposed to go all the way around Iceland. And they couldn't and do that. They just came to the East Fjords and then straight back again. Minus the very damaged boat and the two people that are in hospital. Ouch. And remember, the weather came a little bit early for the people on uh, Kvannalsnjuk that got stuck there on the way down. And that was on Thursday night. Yeah, We don't hear these kind of stories in June that often. Not really. That's why it was quite special. Mm. One of the biggest operations, rescue operations, on the glacier to date. Yes, and also in the summer, right? Because mm. normally you don't you don't have those extreme weather conditions happening in the summer. Yeah. So that was remarkable. I remember a story we put out a week or two ago about the long-term predictive forecasts saying that we are still in for a good summer and that we hopefully have exactly. a heat wave in July. I so. remember writing it. So uh, it's funny that, uh, yeah, as always, Iceland is very unpredictable and we never know what's going to happen. But that particular story did note that until the solstice, which still hasn't happened, that's the end of the Not week, yet. that was tomorrow, in fact, until then, the weather would remain cool and unsettled. So... There is still hope. Oh, yes, I hope so. I hope there is hope. <laughs> <laughs> now, let's move on before we waste too much time on the weather, which yes. is something that we could talk about every week endlessly. Absolutely. Um, what else? We mentioned Independence Day, so maybe we'll stick with that. Um, we had a mountain lady, Fjallkona. Yes, that was surprising. It I, was, yeah. I felt... Uh, it was such a good move, a needed move, you know, to to acknowledge uh, the foreign community in Iceland. That we also have Icelanders that are foreign-born and that are as much involved in the culture and present and uh, capable of participating. I, I thought it was very moving. Her uh, her performance was very moving, mm. and I saw. I think I saw on the. Because she has, uh, her accent is pretty strong. And um, I thought I saw a little bit of a surprise on people's faces, you know, when I was uh, watching it and I was really paying attention to the reactions and to the crowd. Mm -hmm. And um, it was so beautifully done uh, that I don't think people mind it, but still hearing Fjallkona um uh quoting Icelandic poetry uh in Icelandic with a heavy foreign accent is a completely new thing. Absolutely, yeah. And having anyone that speaks Icelandic with an accent is one thing, but having it be Fjallkonan is, is I a know, completely new which thing. Which is a very which is a very uh, national uh, mm, a proud moment. Mm. For the Icelanders, so I, I feel I felt it was really nice because, like, uh, we should also be proud from the new Icelanders, from the people that arrive here and settle here and uh, are as much a part of this community as everybody else. Yeah, I, I, it was a beautiful gesture, in my opinion. The if you want to use the word backlash against this has been perhaps smaller than you might expect. 
Um, have you heard any yeah, backlash? I have heard some. Yeah, I haven't. Uh, you know, the, the 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 Lady of the Mountains is a symbol of Iceland and and of all things that she right. should be Icelandic, born and raised, and I, you know that's a point of view that you can at least understand if you even if you don't approve of it. Of course, um, I do. But I haven't. It hasn't been too loud, and I think what a lot of people have have been saying is that she is. She's not a person. She's a symbol. Exactly. She, and and, and mm-hmm. she's a symbol that is uh, made up of all the women who have played her. Yes. And, you know, we've had nearly all of them have been white women born in Iceland over well, the years. there was, I think, last year or two years ago, a mixed a, race Icelandic girl. Exactly. But it was an Icelandic girl nonetheless. Exactly. So now we've had uh, this year's, who is um, a non-native speaker, and they all add to this patchwork, to this character Absolutely. of the woman of the lady of the mountains, who is hopefully becoming, with their inclusion, more representative of the nation. I completely agree. Both as it is, and and also really importantly, how it wants to project itself and and be seen. Absolutely, I agree. Mm. I hope people will come to accept that. Absolutely. Um, anything else that stood out to you from Friday? From the celebrations? From, yeah, anything. Uh, no, this was the main point for me. And I really um, and I really uh, appreciated that. Yeah, one thing was that uh, what Prime Minister said, uh, actually, uh, last year we didn't, uh, we were still in, in the middle of pandemic. Mm-hmm. And when she said that, I was like, oh my goodness, it's true. It's just one year, but so many positive changes happened we at least are not in the state of pandemic anymore mm. and we we are entering a first normal summer in inverted commas yes also interesting i've never heard it that i remember of um a prime minister's independence day speech that focused so much on a different country um she spoke extensively about ukraine yes and the effect it's having on the world and on iceland and what iceland is doing and blah 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 that was that was good, um, and she focused as a result of that on economic hardships that the world is facing. Yes. Again, not always to be expected in an Independence Day speech, which is usually on the positive side. I mean, yes. this was too overall, but well, yeah, but she kind of had to give an overview, I guess, mm. which which the, the head of the state needs to do on such occasions and and that's the situation we're in so I guess that was uh, understandable to not like I was kind of uh, I was uh, um, satisfied with that speech in uh, because of that because she didn't sugarcoat <laughs> she just said okay you know uh, maybe uh, it was a difficult year you know since last year uh uh, but uh, yeah, here we are, and we have we we've overcome some challenges, but we mm-hmm. here we have another new set of challenges. So that's that's where we are. Yeah, and she concentrated on uh, the specific issues that have arisen by the by the war in Ukraine, such as energy security, food security, um, and the the force of democracy and 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 peace. And yes. Things like that, and things that Iceland directly contributes to, not only nationally but on on the world scale as well. 
Yep. Okay. Let's move on. Yes. What, what next? <clears throat> we have. Well, you, you, yes. What to see? There's the ferry. There's the um, Festi Investment. Um, no retail company. Um, and shareholder dissatisfaction there. I'll think he has stopped for the summer. What do they do in the summer? They go for a summer holiday, like like, like us mortals. I think so. Yeah. Okay. Um, also, I, I imagine they've got other jobs to do, other duties. I mean, um, probably. As as members of parliament, they have lots of correspondence, lots of yes, meetings, absolutely. lots of all sorts of things that don't involve directly meeting in parliament. Um, but yeah, I think a bit of a chance for a summer holiday too. Yes, and they they managed to to do a lot in their last week. They were uh, trying to pass all the bills that were kind of started and they wanted to finish the work. Mm. And uh, yeah, I, I wish them all a very good summer holiday. <laughs> <laughs> yep, them and everybody else. Um, some of the things that got passed was, um, let's see, there was the alcohol bill that allows... That's interesting, right? It is, yeah. And, and according to the, uh, the justice minister, at least, and his supporters in this, about time. I think so. I think so. Because having alcohol produced in your own backyard, what is happening widely in Iceland now, that there are all those little breweries popping up here and there, and then not being able to sell it is kind of... It's just ridiculous, in my opinion. Especially because most of them have a bar that you can legally yes. go into to drink yes. their products. Yes, but then you cannot just purchase, you know, a six-pack on your way out. Yeah. Right? That's mm. how it was. So also being able to do that is really great because <laughs> you're kind of on a tight schedule with Wienbuden. If you don't manage, if you forget to buy your, your beer for, for your party, then that's it. Mm. You're not going to have any. And if by any chance you live in the countryside and you're close by some local brewery, then you can maybe uh, go there and get a few beers. And also, I think um, I visited one of them, in, uh, one in Borgarfjörður um, a few a few years back. And I remember uh, the owner telling that it's such a big, complicated process to come into Wienbuden to sell their product. And, for example, they were offering, I think, 12 different beers, and only four of them were sold in Wienbuden. Hmm. Um, they couldn't uh, put any more on sale. So, basically, they couldn't really develop their production. There was no point. Yeah. So I I think this will help a lot of a lot of those companies and also maybe we feel a little bit more um, liberal. <laughs> yeah. And logistically, even it was um, you'd expect that local beers are going to be the most popular in their own local areas, and those producers, as they should be. Yeah, and all those producers had to send all of their products to Reykjavik to the warehouse for Wienbuden to then right. be shipped back to their own local Wienbuden. It's ridiculous. It's a little interesting, yeah. So that's one thing. There was also a law on, um, uh, like, not snus, but the, 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 the non-tobacco-related snus, these pocket things that people yes, are putting the under their pockets. lips. 
Um, there were no laws around that because it's such a new product. So no, I think it's really good that yeah. there there's a law about it because uh, I heard that uh, young people were ab- abusing it mm. because of that because it was technically not forbidden. Exactly. So now it's going to be treated more like other tobacco products, which and, is great, and, and e-cigarettes as well. What else? There was a bill on um, grief, grief, grief leave, grief leave, yeah, or um, compassionate leave, I should say, from work for um, um, yeah people, parents who who lose a child to have paid time. I off think work. it's uh, long overdue. Very Absolutely. good bill. Yeah. But one thing that is interesting about it is that uh, is that only for the parents that lose the child after birth? Because um, what if your child dies in an accident, in a car accident? Mm. I'm not sure how, how it works exactly. No, but if you keep talking for a few more seconds, I'm reading through it. Oh, right. <laughs> uh, yeah, so uh, I, think, I think it is um, mainly as the option of fighting out of of maternity leave for the parents that had the child born still or um, the child died after after the pregnancy mm. uh, and then there was an um, interview with uh, the director of Sorgarmisteden the grief center Karolina and she Helka. said mm-hmm. yes and she said that that whole group of parents is unfortunately a little bit um, left alone. Uh, that uh, that there are parents that lose their children, you know, children die of cancer or other difficult diseases. Mm. Or I don't know, we heard about a child that died of COVID. Um, so um, in my opinion, definitely there should be something it's such a it's such a tragedy, you know. So uh, I hope that will be I agree. included. Yeah, and I think I think you're right about that. Um, the point, although I, I assume that people who who lose older children, they're covered by certain other laws, like for for the loss of close family members. That yes, but then this. you don't really. I don't think you do have uh, you know six months paid mm. free for no. sure. Not. No, you definitely don't. So. Um, yeah, that's probably a new new point on the agenda for Sarkarmista and to work on. Yep. Um, anything else to add? There was the filmmaking bill. Yes, filmmaking bill. What is that about? I don't really understand. I don't really understand that ma- matter. Well, it's it's kind of an opportunity cost. I think they're saying we we pay back a third of your production costs in Iceland. To, to, to major film productions, uh, film and TV Third. productions, okay. which is a lot and it's expensive. But they're saying the feeling is that it's economically worth it because they invest so much and create jobs um, okay. and things. And also shine, shine a light on the country. So many tourists that we have here are, are here partly because they've seen Iceland on the big screen and think, wow. Of course, because they have uh, all of a sudden noticed that this country exists. Oh, where that was that too. taken? Exactly. <laughs> well, we do it too, don't we? Like, oh, yeah, we do. Was that Iceland? That looked like Iceland. Well, you... now I, I, it's actually really funny for me to watch movies that are taken in Iceland because I, I cannot put myself into, you know, I cannot like take a 
take a delve into the movie mm. because I'm like, no, this is, you know, this is say this further. This is not what they're saying in it. <laughs> That's not Greenland. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Uh, um, indeed. Okay, let's talk about something else now because time is rattling on. Of as course. It, as it has a habit of doing. Um, what Anything else stood out to you? Uh, yeah, Baldur. Yeah, bless him. Oh. Or not. He's, well, he's... I read that uh, he will be replaced by uh, the old Herjolver. Yes, he will this autumn. This autumn? Temporarily. Mm. Mm, so, but can he hold on until autumn, you think? Because he he um, he wasn't doing well this week. I mean, last week, so... Um, so for anyone that doesn't know what we're talking about, um, Baldur is a ferry. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Baldur is a ferry that goes from Stekisholmer, stops on the island of Flate and ends in the Westfjords uh, in the port of Brjánslækur. And um, Herjólfur is another ferry that goes from Thorlaugshop to Westmanneyjar. Or Landeyjahöp to Westmanneyjar. And... Um, Two years ago, um, a new one was purchased, so the old one is uh, like a spare one for now. Yeah, but definitely old. The emphasis on it's, the word old. He's not a much, much better ferry, let's be honest. But No, but apparently it's actually still reliable, whereas mm-hmm. Baldur has been, has been breaking yep. recently. Like, I would be quite uh, unhappy to have to sit, you know, 300 meters, was it? From the shore for five hours? Six. Six hours? Come on. I know the view is marvelous in Stekisholmer, but yeah. still. Exactly. It's, um, I mean, a boat can break down, an engine of can course, stop, no uh, problem. Anyone can understand that. But it's happened a lot of times now. Kveikur, uh, the Ruv investigative journalism program on t- television, covered the story a, a year or more ago about, you know, is this boat not only good enough, but is it outright dangerous? Um, and and it, it could well be that. It's not in very good condition. It only has one engine. There's no backup, which is a bad thing. And, of course, Breidafjörður, the stretch of water that it covers, has got thousands of islands in it, famously. Yeah, it's, it's a dangerous place to navigate. Mm. Well, I do believe that the... That the um, captain or whoever is uh, working on that boat is very uh, experienced and know, knows that Fjordur and he can do it. But still, I think uh, this site, this this sort of uh, place uh, requires something that is quite reliable mm. and dependable. So uh, let's see what happens. And the the the. Um Response so far has been, yeah, we know there's a problem um, and we've been looking for a new ship for a couple of years, a year and a half now, and there aren't any. They don't exist. There is no other ship that we have found so far that could replace this So it basically needs to be built probably a again. New one. A new one. They mm. have to, And that takes probably a <clears throat> year or two at least. Oh, a year or two to commission someone to start designing it. Really? I think it would be more like 10, just guessing. Goodness gracious. Well, I mean, but it's it's really strange, don't you think? Because there are tons of ferry connections all over the world. Mm. And um, one might think that, you know, it should be possible to find to find one used one, but apparently not. The one that's we'll on the route now, I think, was used 
was found just like that. Um, I see. But yeah, a small car ferry. Then, like a lot of car ferries are very big. Some of them are not made for the right sea conditions, etc., etc. They, they, they do have certain specifications that need to be fulfilled. I see. Well, in I wouldn't. I, if I would be taking that route this summer, I probably would skip the Balter. Mm. Personally, you know, I uh, if you are tight on your time and you if you're organizing your uh, your your travel, you know, um, if you are have family in the Westfjords and you're going for two or three weeks, uh, then maybe you're not in a hurry. But if you are foreign tourists and you you're stuck for a day, that's a big backlog backlog right there. Mm. And there is a road alternative. Um, yes, absolutely. But of course, in in the winter time, the road is really difficult, and that's when the ferry really comes into its own. Uh, it carries a lot of freight, even yes. and, and and fish, uh, specifically fish that's processed in the southern Westfields that needs to get out quickly, otherwise it right, loses its right. value. Um, and it, the ferry is important then. Absolutely, and it should keep on working. And so not to we'll mention see, Flatty. We'll see what happens. Yeah. We'll see what happens. But that people don't live on Flatty all year round. No. Just in the summer. So in the summer it's essential to them and in the winter it's essential to the exporters of fish. Absolutely. Mm. Okay, we've got time just to very briefly touch on one more item which, let's say, will be the economy or the social democratic um, leadership context. Contest. See you. of the year. Maybe we should talk about the Reykvikingar of the year, since it's such a funny story. Well, <laughs> it, first of all, in in the basis of it, so Reykjavik Citizen of the Year is an, an honour that's awarded at this time every year. Um, Do you know uh, who awards it? The mayor, I believe. So he, he receives a few candidates and he's like, OK, these people merit it the most. And it's always on the first day of salmon fishing in Etli the Aur. Yes. So when when it is, and they have the honour of going to catch the first fish or something. And uh, yes, and apparently they were vegan. Mm, at least one was. Yes. So he got the fish and he released it. But why? It, why is this funny? <laughs> because the fish died. Really? Oh, yeah. Oh no! I didn't hear that part of the story. Yeah. Oh my goodness. <laughs> uh, it's it's a little bit of an odd story. Um, obviously, the roots of it are really good. These two people are behind the fridge. Fridge. Or friskoper. Yeah, friskoper. Um, which is a project. It's not new. I think it originated in somewhere else. USA, Germany? Yes. One of those two. Uh, yes, in some other country. I don't remember. What. Helping people to reduce food waste and also food poverty um, by giving and taking food from this communal fridge out on the street. Yes, so you can basically leave any food that's still good uh, or close to the date that you know you're not going to use. You can put into the fridge and someone can use it. Mm. I think it's an excellent project. And an excellent idea as well. We talked about new Icelanders or, or people that weren't born and raised here getting this honour as well. They've only I think both of them have only lived in, in Reykjavik for two or so years. Yes. And uh, that does not come in the way of them being, you know, recognised. Beautiful, yes. 
One is the citizen of uh, the girl is from Poland and uh, the the guy is from Switzerland, if I remember well. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, it's very commendable. But uh, I think maybe next time the city could rethink the the fish catching ritual. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and people might say, "Oh my God, it's another thing with changing traditions and oh, yeah, political correctness gone mad." But the tradition itself isn't very old. It's Is quite, it? No. Oh, okay, good. I That's believe good. it was when David Odson was mayor back in the 90s, he started fishing. In Atlidao. Yeah, and then each year after that, the mayor was the first to catch the first fish, and that was the tradition. Then Jongnar came along as mayor, and he couldn't fish, didn't want to fish, and decided to give the honour to this new person. Okay. The local of the year. And since then, they've done it. And until now, there hasn't been a vegan Reykjavik of the year. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, new tradition and always room for change. All right. On that note, I will say we are out of time. Thanks um, to you for listening. The Week in Iceland will be back next week, Monday the 27th of June on roof.is forward slash English, Roof English on Facebook through the Roof app and your favourite podcast platform. That just leads me to thank my last minute guest today, Margaret Adamsdottir. Thank, thank you, you very much. And also Lydia Gretasdottir for running the studio. We end today's programme with a new collaboration between Hjalmar and Gidia Erren. This is Uppaurönt. Bye for now. Sama og himinn ver og haf Breytt á milli þó alltaf Ertu fjörður minn og fjall í einu Þó að fjúki fast á rík Ert að fegurð innri rík Og í brjósti slær þitt hjarta hreinu Líkt og æxlist ósjálfráð Mínir órar Kripe um mig andra
Marta.